Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. And welcome to another episode of Ride Around the Road. This week we are talking to four of the most beautiful romance writers here in downtown Australia. And we are looking at a, a series of ladies who have collaborated on uh, the outcome back brides books ladies which one of you was going to be brave enough to put up your hand and tell us about the outback brides everybody's pointing at everybody else everybody um they're all a bit shy everybody but they will warm up i promise you these are not four shy retiring romance authors <laughs> we have had fiona MacArthur on here before and we know we know fee that you're not going to be quiet i'm not going to be quiet but i think kelly should start i agree <laughs> mel i don't know if you know anything about uh the Tuli publishing group but it started with four authors who got together uh, and they wrote um, cowboy stories into small town Montana in, into a single setting. And that was how the, the company started. And somewhere along the line, we decided that that would be a good fit to try and do a similar thing in with an Australian setting with four Australian authors writing into a small town and um, picking up some favourite romance hooks and having a play with them so we got a group together we got a gang of wonderful authors together and and we started writing and we had a go yeah now that's the short story everybody but there's a whole lot more to it and that's what we're going to unpack today because I'm very interested in this whole collaboration process I don't think we've done much on collaboration on the podcast before we might have had uh Joanne Dannon and Tracy Peterson on a couple of times and that was hilarious. So girls, you you are in good company uh, with this series. Um, but we're talking about Outback Brides, we're talking about children publishing, but they've dobbed in um, poor old Kelly to go first. And I think there's a really good reason that they've dobbed in Kelly. Kelly, I'm just going to share your bio with, with, our, with our guests here. Now, Kelly has a science degree, everybody, and for some reason, she moved from science, where she was, um, I think, quite well remunerated, into telling romance stories. She's the past president of the Romance Writers of Australia. She was the executive editor for Truly Publishing's Holiday Imprint, where she helped shape a new, a new contemporary romance line. She has 30 published books, um, which we'll talk about that show off a bit later, uh, industry and reader recognition. And she loves short contemporary romances because it, it suits her attention span. Now, how can we not resist a bio like that, everybody? Kelly, I'm going to throw you back in the deep end. You're talking about uh, the girls and the brides. Would you like to kick off and explain a little bit more about the little country town where this is set and how you four built the setting or built the world in which these stories take place? Oh, well, okay. I think there may have been wine involved uh, in the building of the world as well. Uh, we wanted a small country town. We wanted it um, a little remote, a little on the edge of the outback, uh, even if we couldn't go quite into the outback or didn't want to because we wanted a few more services to play with and a few more people in the town. So, uh, through a series of emails, we got together and I remember Catherine um, and 
all of us really pushing back and forwards photos of various small towns and and what else did we do we claimed various businesses that we might want to uh, write two or four and Catherine did you have any particular affinity to the hairdressing salon not really but I, I just um I, it was more about characters that actually picked it with the with having a hairdresser and a character I wanted to to match with my hero but um i remember looking at pictures of uh, actually a postcard of the main street of golgong near mudgy in new south wales and um thinking because it was an ex gold rush town and a very well preserved one it would be perfect for what what we wanted because it had such beautiful iconic buildings and a very picturesque mm -hmm. picturesque landscape um with a lot of history that we could draw draw on uh, yeah, just Golgong was the one I when I really remembered. But then we didn't; it wasn't quite going to work out for us as uh, a location. And then I'm, I'm not quite sure how we ended up in the Wimmera, but we did. Yeah, and it's really interesting. The decisions right from the very beginning about where your story is going to be placed uh, they're they're hard enough decisions for a single author to make. We talk about characterisation, we talk about plot, uh, we talk about getting a novel from woe to go. Now, this adds a whole new layer when you're trying to combine four stories. Now, we started, I believe, with Kelly again, with uh, Maggie's, Maggie's story, Maggie's Run. It was the first one to be released, I believe. And I think Bella's Secret, which is Victoria's novel, have already been released. And then Ella, Elsa's stand, I'm going to check that. It's either out now or is coming out any day. Um, and the ninth. Sorry? Oh, out in the ninth. Ninth of okay, July. everybody. So by the time you listen to this podcast, uh, Bella's, oh, sorry, yeah, um, Elsa's stand will be out probably at the same time. So that's really, really exciting and that's really timely for this. Okay, so here we are. We should have champagne. We're celebrating the third in the series with poor old Fiona coming up in the rear with Holly's heart. Yeah, now, no pressure on me at all, is there? No <laughs> I have to follow these guys and their fabulous reviews and their skyrocketing climb up the iTunes chart and the Amazon Australia chart and oh no pressure at all thanks very much guys <laughs> now that's really interesting what caught my eye everybody as you know is I'm a cover girl and I saw the covers of these four beautiful novels um excellent promotion for four books side by side and the momentum has been building for some time now these are doing very very well on the charts and it's interesting to think about why that might be we're talking about uh, a small country town here in um Australia everybody that our rural romance girls have done a wonderful, wonderful job at marketing these rural romances. Uh, and then a long con, you guys, and we've got four, four very well-known Australian authors with a series that um, I think it appeals to all of us. It's got brides on it. It's got beautiful um, outback locations on the covers. It's really, really hard to resist. But one of the first things, and again, uh, I've got to talk back to Kelly here, is you felt an enormous amount of pressure working with three other uh, top Australian authors, I guess. I did. I did, Mel. Um, I, Catherine's book came in first and I remember reading the first chapter of Catherine's um, story and she has such a wonderful, wonderful opening scene and at that time I was uh, really envious and totally thinking I had to lift my game now 
and not the uh, only one and, and and make it and make mine better so that uh we, i wouldn't come up short so i don't know that i would call it competition um or feeling competitive but just not wanting to let the other girls down was something that weighed pretty heavily on on me <laughs> and i don't know about the others yep yep yeah <laughs> certainly did for me i was quite tense about it all <laughs> you know it's uh you, like like you were saying it's you you're in a in a in a group with some really really strong writers with very strong voices and and great sales histories and and a huge amount of fans and no one wants to be the weakest link well, excuse me, Catherine wrote hers first and we all read it and went, wow, now we know where we are. And then it was just from then on we just went our own ways. Although, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing how much they did tie together, especially with yours, Victoria. Yeah, well, they, they do say never work with your heroes, but really it's just been a joy for me because, I mean, you know, I, I fangirl every time I get an email from Kelly and Catherine and Fiona, you know, so it, we kind of... It, but none of that got in the way, I think, of just creating this beautiful little town and we each have a different sort of story trope and, and I really wanted to try a runaway bride, something I'd never done before. And, and that was the beauty of it was, um, as, you know, Kelly introduced her two characters so I could pop them in my story and then Catherine's characters were there as sort of minor characters because, of course, they you know, get their full story when Catherine's comes out. So that was the fun of having all these people immediately to play with, even in just minor scenes where they pop in and say something hilarious and then, you know, go. Um, and, and that was a joy. And we kind of, we, we did a lot of that work, as Catherine said, we looked at photos and my only insistence was that it had to be set somewhere in Victoria where it was conceivable that there would be grapes somewhere because I wanted to write a, a winemaker. Um, so, so we've kind of fudged the geography a little bit, maybe. But, yeah, and um, I had to add more people because I needed a doctor's surgery. So, you know, we yeah. needed a few more people. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of doing what we do is that we can make things up and have fun with them. And I remember we had a fair bit of discussion about how big to make the town, didn't we? How many people, how many people yeah. would make this town um, viable in a writing sense so that we could revisit it and there would be enough variety and we would have to enough, enough to play with. Yeah, yeah. Because we were looking to the future, weren't we? We were, we were. I, I included an old school ruin and I have no idea why. It's out on the edge of town. No one's been there, including me. <laughs> yeah, I created a, I love creating businesses. So we'd have that discussion. Is there a coffee shop yet in the main street? You know, and someone else would say, oh, no, there's, I'm going to open one in book four. I think it was Fiona. I'm opening yeah. one in book four. Okay, I can make, make a joke about how there's no good coffee in the town. And, you know, we kind of did that thing and that That's was a lot right. of fun. Now, everybody, just even listening to this, we're at step number one of what I want to talk about in this podcast, and it's the world, whole world building uh, thing that happens. And we're talking about multi-author series here. Um, now, oh, Kelly, Kelly again, it's not your first multi, multi-author multi series. And I'm guessing, Fiona, I'm not sure if you've been involved yep. in any of these yeah, I've done before. A few too. Yep. Yeah, I know in my <laughs> 30 years or so of reading romances, I love I love the series. I love re-meeting the characters. I love how different authors come together and they, they create a world. But to actually sit down and work collaborative, collaboratively to make it happen is, is a huge undertaking. And to do it so very successfully and clearly the readership likes it, 
Um, there are some hiccups along the way as well. Now, we're talking about the first one in the series um, was about an old homestead, which immediately captured my imagination, and how in order for the heroine to save it, I'm guessing she turned it into, what is it, a bridal bridal business or something? At an events venue um, for biggish groups and a B&B type, type arrangement. I made it a, a, a heritage uh, sheep station, a, a big old homestead, uh, so that I could let my inner sort of home decoration person free. Yeah, I think it was something re- um, unrestricted by financial real- reality. Is that correct? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then book number two, we brought in the, uh, what do you call it, the celebrant. We had a celebrant. Uh, is that yeah. you, Victoria? That's mine. That's Bill's secret. And and so Kelly and I talked about if there was, I mean, that's how, that was part of the fun of working out the series actually, that, okay, it was going to be a wedding venue. Clearly we had the, the, the series title, but um, so I thought if we had a marriage celebrant, then we could plan ahead actually and have lots of couples coming to um, We're a Station to be married. And, of course, that leads you, that, that's a way of introducing a whole lot of new characters into the story. So it's not only the people in the town and as the town grows, you know, new businesses might start, like the cafe, and then, of course, there's a doctor and, you know, patients but we could bring in couples so I had a lot of fun with that and and my character um Isabella is old old friends with Kelly's character Maggie so for her own reasons she has to leave Melbourne and decides to make a fresh start in in Wirralong and so she heads up there and performs weddings for people even though she doesn't believe in marriage herself yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing in some ways uh, I'm thinking about, like, creating a series and doing it all yourself is a huge amount of work. Having other people come in with ideas, like the four of you and you're all uh, well-established authors with, with a lot of experience behind you, does that up at a notch so it actually takes your, takes your work to another level where you're bouncing ideas off each other so it actually becomes stronger? Not in my case. I was too busy. We were we had other deadlines as well, so all of us were juggling other things. Yeah. So it had to sort of fit in around what we were doing, and sometimes we did a lot together. Sometimes we did a lot on our own. Yeah. And, and I've written. I've. This is my fourteenth book, and I've written two series in that fourteen. And actually, doing them on your own is trickier because you can't spark off anyone, um, and you forget the characters sometimes that you put in book two that disappear and then you think oh if only I'd put a character in book two that could have popped up in book four and so for me that was the beauty of this is that we it was the imagination of everyone else's characters and ideas and and how we could sprinkle them throughout the series yeah and I think it's I think it's that spark and that's the thing I pick up immediately with you guys um as I'm as I'm listening to you is that it's it's four times four times the energy um that goes into this thing um and so to me that's really really exciting but when, when it comes to I guess the chemistry of authors you seem to all be good friends it's like anything in the romance industry you you all got along well you've all got as as um fiona said as i was researching you've all got your own um very successful individual books coming out at the same time uh, i think we've known each other for a fair while haven't we i can't think long how long time. but it's long been time. it's been a yeah. while yeah there's a lot of trust in there too yeah. um, a lot of um appreciation a lot of feeling that these guys would be fun to work with and that the books would actually be fun. All the voices are mm. so different and that's the really cool thing. 
you know, I'm more sweet, Vic's not. <laughs> um, Catherine's, yeah, got the humour and Kelly's, yeah, always. I mean, everyone's got all of everything of all of these, but it's still, you hear the different voices. Kelly's is classy and it's just, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful fun. Yeah, and, and talking about that straight away, I know immediately I've got one podcast interview with four authors and simply from doing the, look, the bare minimum of research that I should do for these things, um, oh, because I had other things on, uh, but I've automatically got four authors that I can go away and read all your, I don't know if you call them your bigger works because I know, Kelly, you specialise in in these short, snappy contemporary romances, um, but you've, I've now got four authors I can go into more deeply. Um, and when I said that, I've probably already read a lot of Fiona's. Uh, beautiful, beautiful writer, everybody, and and clearly um, very experienced. Um, now, Victoria, I've, I've seen your latest novel uh, on the website. Uh, if you want to tell us a little bit about that one, because that one, again, has a great cover and I would have snaffled you uh, for a one-on-one interview, but now I've got you for four. So just share a little bit with that one for us. Oh, do you mean the last of the Bonagilla girls? That's the one. Yeah. I would have introduced it myself to everybody, but I didn't know how to pronounce Bonagilla. Ah, uh, no, you're right, and it's it's a it's a name pronounced in three or four different ways, and all are correct. Um, it, that one is that's one of my longer books um, for Harlequin HQ here in Australia, and it's based on my family history. So it was it was a lot of research, and it was really a personal book for me. Um, it's fiction, but it is based on my my family's migration experience in coming to Australia, and I just in the middle of finalising everything for Belle's Secret, I was touring with the Bonagilla Girls book. So it was all a bit, you know, fraught <laughs> for a, a while, but the the team were brilliant at giving me the space to, um, you know, delay um, just delay the release so I could concentrate on one than the other. But it's a, it's a lovely mix because those books are longer. They take, this took 18 months to write, um, um, and then the the Thule books that I write are a joy because they are they're shorter, but they're actually no easier. You still have to have all the elements of a great plot, characters, dialogue, you know, their goals, their their journey, um, just in a shorter form. So they they work too, but the stories are happier. And I love writing snappy dialogue. And Kelly's my um, um, you know inspiration in that regard. Love yeah. her dialogue. She, they just it crackles along, and so great to read. So yeah, it's a, it's. But I think all of us that have done the same. We've, um, you know, everyone here is traditionally published with um, the big five or the big six, and then have have self published in some respects, and then working with Thule, which is this sort of author led group, because that's the nature of the industry. I think these days that you want to diversify and try new things and um, keep yourself fresh. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what's interesting. Sorry, Kelly. Um, what what really got my attention with this one is the marketing, the power of four high profile authors hitting hitting social media all at once and really selling each other, not selling yourself so much, but selling each other on all your websites. You've got um, the first couple of books that have been out, and now the next one coming out. You're all talking now. If four high profile authors all start talking at once, it makes a bit of noise. I think That's good. I, <laughs> I think I think one of the one of the um, lures of writing collaboratively with other authors is to try and get that cross pollination of audience. 
not to steal anybody else's audience, but just to bring your own, spread your own work a little bit wider. And when it comes to marketing, we we do have a lot of clout. We find we we can go a lot. You can spruik somebody else uh, a lot easier and with a, a lot more convincingly than you you can yourself. Particularly maybe if you're Australian and you're not used to um, talking yourself up the way you know you have to or you should be. Yeah, and it is a small pond over here, everybody. Um, so if you're part of our American audience, please pick these things up and have a, have a look at them, have a read of them, and it gives us, a, I think, a contemporary flavour of, of what Australian women are today and how Australian women live today. I know I think it's Catherine you're going to be doing a talk about what it is to be an Australian woman and how to write Australian women characters. Is that correct? Is that coming up? Um, yeah, I've got one coming up with uh, Lake Macquarie Libraries that I'm doing with Helen Young and um, Christine Wells, who are both excellent Australian authors and write um, across different categories as well. So, but yeah, so I, I think it's an important thing to have strong characters and strong strong women that are um, much more like what we are <laughs> as as women now. So. Yeah. Have that strength and that um, and fortitude and a lot of can-do attitude. Yeah, and one of the things that strikes me most uh, since I've been podcasting, and heaven forbid it's a couple of years now, we are so spoiled with our strong, uh, I guess, Australian women authors who are who are very highly educated, uh, very intelligent, and very quick to, I think, support and defend each other, but also make our characters um, people we want to read about, which is which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, now you've been you've been writing for a long while as well. I notice here, Catherine, and you've got you've got eleven novels published under your belt since about two thousand and ten or two thousand and eleven. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, uh, well, Elsa's Elsa Stan will be my thirteenth. I did have a secret life briefly before then, um, writing erotic romance novels Ooh. under a pseudonym. So there's more on top of that. <laughs> I, I don't I don't talk about that much anymore. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing it a while now and having an awful lot of fun. Um, this is my very first collaboration, so it's been a really interesting experience. And because I was Getting our schedules organised was actually probably the most difficult thing we had. You know, we talked about this for a long time before actually doing it. And because of the way our timetables worked out, I was the first one to, you know, I had my book finished quite early. So I was kind of going into it blind in in some ways. And then um, as the other books came in, it was a matter of then, um, you know, editing it for continuity with, fitting in with the others after that so again you know these are all really new experiences for me I've been I've written this in a series um I have a a range of novellas out that um are very loose related um series which is kind of similar they're all set around a, a, a town and um but this is quite this is different. This was something really different when you're working with other authors and having to coordinate characters and even, you know, coordinating the setting. And because um, I'm sure our visions in our heads, and it's the same when a reader picks up the book, um, 
how I see we're along might necessarily be what Kelly, how Kelly sees we're along of or Victoria or Fiona. So um, yeah, trying to get all that side of it right was was a lot of it was fun, but it was quite an interesting exercise for me. Yeah, and I, and I think too, guys, uh, what Catherine's uh, saying, and it's it's what I'm picking up on, is everybody, or sorry, lots of people write series now, and it's recommended if you're going to start writing, write in a series. Box sets become a fantastic way of marketing, but this is a new step again. I think this this having four authors uh, come together and create a town and heaven forbid you go off and write another four novels about four more characters about the same town. As you said, the potential's there. The sea's been planted. Fiona's shaking here going, no, never. (laughs) Uh, um, You're all busy in your own right and you talked about um, planning. That, that seems to have been the toughest thing because you're all, as you said, you're, you're all full-time professional authors, I believe. Uh, no, not me. Not you? What do you do, Vic? Oh, I work three days a week um, in a, what I call my day job. Um, uh, but recently, for the past six months, I've been working full-time, so that's made things, you know, much more complicated too. Um, but now I'm back to my three days a week. So... Um, I wish I had the time um, of um, someone who, you know, I wish I had the time to do it full time, but that's also a scary thought as well, that if I gave up my, my day job that, you know. Well, that happens not... to me next Sunday. It's my oh. last day as a midwife. So oh. retirement hits and I'm just hanging out. I tell you what, well, I have been on long service leave for a long time. So this yeah. book came along at a, at a, a time that was just before I hit long service leave. So it was all sorting out and it's just been an experience. Chule has been wonderful to work with. The editors have been amazing. The um, promotion, the covers, we've had just such a dream run with the support behind the scenes. Yeah, Yeah. so that's why I keep going back. This is my sixth or seventh book with with them and it's... um, the, the scope and the freedom we get and with Kelly leading that editorial team is just wild and it's a bit like when we all, you, you, you talked about the planning, Mel, and we did actually talk for a, quite a while before we any of us started writing really about where where was the town. I think Catherine mentioned that we shared photos and then um, how is the series going to kick off? What sort of trope do you want to write? Okay, if you're doing that one, I'll try this one and it's, so all those mechanics had to fall into place because we didn't want to write the same books or this with the same you know, same um, tropes in them. So we all, as I said, I did a Runaway Bride, which was my first one, and I loved it. So um, that was good because, I mean, in my head, I kind of had an idea about everyone else's characters. So we could, um, you know, in a way, we plotted the development of the series from the very beginning which is not something I do when I write my own books, actually, because I'm a total pantser. I think it'll be easier next time. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> I've named all the restaurants in the main streets. All good now. <laughs> actually, that was one of the fun things about reading your, uh, like, um, Victoria, your story, and Kelly, yours, was all the ideas that kept popping up for the, <laughs> you know, in my head for the, oh, I could do a next one on that and another one on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I hope you're not feeling threatened there, Fiona. I hope, you, I hope you're getting the message that it may be serious. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not threatened. I'm actually really excited about the next book. But, yeah, yeah I just need to finish this one that I'm working on now and then we'll worry about it. 
Okay. Well, so that that's um yeah. There you go. You heard it here first on Rider on the Road. There could be another four in the Wirra along. Is it Wirralong or Wirrali? I got that wrong the first time as well, didn't I? The along. Yeah, the Wirralong girls. Uh, now we talk. We've talked a little bit. We've touched on a few things that I think are really important for those of us coming along behind. We've talked about planning. We've talked about time management. We've talked about accountability. Uh, and then I think uh, Victoria, you just mentioned something. Truly publishing, uh, how does it work if, are you still on the editorial board there, Kelly? I am. I am indeed. How does it work? How does it work? Uh, look, we were formed by authors and we um, we all write, and most truly authors write for other publishers as well. And one of the early thoughts was we could fit truly stories in around um, bigger books, uh, other commitments. And Tully still works to try and make that happen for authors. So with this, with these other three girls, they all had bigger books coming out. So from my perspective, I think I started off with February and March, um, Harlequin Presents, sexy books. And then who else? Catherine had something out. Yeah, no, my, I was actually not too bad because my mum. Yeah, no, you were, you were fine. You yeah, were going, when are we releasing? Yeah. When are we releasing? Yeah. 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 He had a mother. I was second of April, yeah. Yeah. Vic had the Bonagilla girls coming mm. out. So that was my we, first. We, yeah. I, I can remember from my end um, going back and forth a lot in be- between these girls and what we needed to give each release space and the Julie team and where we could fit in with books already scheduled uh, with them, with other authors and other imprints so that we, we could grab some space. So that's just another management aspect that we take time to try and please everybody. Yeah. So you've almost got two full-time job, jobs. You've got a full-time author job and a full-time editor job. I do. Well, I have part-time each. <laughs> I like both. I like I like um, the creative side of writing, and then I also like um, a more structural approach to it, mm. depending on the day. So I'm assuming you need a leader in in a, in a project like this. You need someone to pull it all together. Kelly. Yeah, Kelly was it. Yeah, Kelly. I, even though Catherine finished first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I have to say I. I I don't know that we need lead. I don't know if we have a leader. Leadership was was sometimes missing on uh, on this one. I know it was Catherine, more supportive, wasn't it? It was. I mean, if you've got four authors who are um, very accomplished anyway, and you kind of you don't want to be too directive. You you let them go, and if they have questions. You try and get the answers to the questions, but by and large, you you let your author voices do what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, now, Kelly, you've talked about, as I said, this is not your first um, collaboration. You've done this several times now. Uh, anybody, if you want to sneak a, um, a little peek at Kelly's um, book list here, you'll get a bit of shock. It just goes on for hours. Uh, she's very prolific. Um, but now this is, I think it's number four or number five of your of your collaboration. Are you finding it's getting easier for you each time as you go along? Um, I like them. I think as I, if the longer you go along, the more accomplished you get at giving the other reader, other authors space uh, and not encroaching on their characters 
and into their world too much so that you can leave room to be built out and not take it unless you particularly want it, I guess. Yeah, and, and gosh, everybody, I smile even as you said that, Kelly. We've got four brides running around a town here. We've got, we've got, some, we've got some things happening. This, is, this almost reminds me of Julia Roberts as she gallops off on the horse. Um, and things aren't going to go smoothly for any of them. And I'm assuming their lives are going to cross over and they're going to talk about each other and to each other. And if, if the characters are friends, this is a small country town where there's clearly a lot of handsome heroes. Well, my handsome hero has to fly in from the United States because he's American. Not that there aren't handsome heroes in Wirralong. They're yet to be discovered by all of Well, in my world, in my part of the world, the other, the other stories have, um, have all have their handsome heroes from the, from the town. Um, yes. And, and I, I think, and for me, that was the fun of it. And that was one of the other things we had to get right as well. I mean, I wrote a, a scene where... Um, featuring Elsa's character. So I sent it to Catherine and said, have I got her right? Um, and Catherine came back and said, oh, she's a bit too brassy for, the, the, you know, for what I've written. So, ah, so I just toned it down. And, and that was important too, to have that character continuity. And that's, that's one of the fun things with trusting each other too, I think. That, yeah. You know, yeah, it was very difficult to write someone else's character in their voice and oh, yes, you know it's, you almost you almost want to ask the other author to write it for you because it's such a difficult thing to to keep that that tone and uh, straight and to make sure that they're not going to use lang- the characters aren't going to use language that they wouldn't use and uh, you know even come down to a, a gesture or a movement that they wouldn't that's just not them. It's it's very difficult to get right. So you do have to collaborate quite strongly on that. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, everybody, is that you are writing each other's characters to a certain extent. So the temptation would be to keep them really, really small, but you can't do that, can you? Oh, I kept mine fairly small. Um, both my hero and heroine came into town having returned to town as friends to lovers and... I, they had their own world. So they didn't really know a lot of people really well. Um, there was some school history, but not too much. And yeah, I, I did actually have some things that I had to change and yeah, it's all fine. Everything works and, and just being mindful of other people's stuff is fine. I think it's, um, what Kelly was talking about before with regards to allowing room uh, to move later on um, is if it's it's safer to keep the other characters as mm. uh, to a minimum because then you're not treading on a space that might that someone else might want to go into later on. Uh, I'm not quite sure if that makes much sense, but you know, if if there's uh, if if a let's say I've written something about Elsa. Um, but Fiona, for example, had written something, had included in her book something about her that would then prevent me doing something with her further down the track. I'm not quite sure if I'm explaining. Yeah, it yeah no, no, it makes sense. And, I, and what I think is that editor at the end of the day when you've got all four manuscripts and before you put it out would have to do a comb through and make sure yeah. that everything flows. Maybe for future books, I think, you know, if you're, if, if, if we're along is going, is going, if we're along, we're along is going to keep going, 
then um, you've got it. You're not looking at just the now. You're looking at the future and what these people are going to be doing in the, in the future as well. Yeah, and that's exciting. Oh, a great example of that is if I decided to give any of the other subsidiary characters children or something, you know, mm, that, yeah, that suddenly yeah. disappeared in the next book. Um, yeah. You know, that, that, that's a broad example. <sighs> Sorry, guys. You, you do have to, um, you do just have to be conscious of that. Um, now, that was Kelly's phone going off everybody and she's disappeared. So she's obviously totally... Um, either fallen off a chair, but she will be back in a moment. Um, I'm not going to cut this one out because this is a slice of life interview and, <laughs> and we all get interrupted. Um, what was the music tone there? Have your daughter's done that to your phone or did you choose that one for yourself? No, I'm not telling it. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Sweet Home Alabama, which means it's one of my children. <laughs> You've got to love Sweet Home Alabama, except we're, we're, we're along. We're, we're, we're along, girls. You're going to have to get a... Um, we are, and I, I, I really don't know how that ringtone came to be on the phone, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, well, we look, we do have a lot of handsome uh, homegrown heroes here in Oz uh, for you guys over there in America. We don't really need, um, um, what is it, brought in music, but it brings me straight to the international appeal. Our Australian authors are really getting out there and once upon a time people would say, oh, no, if you've got an Australian setting, you don't have any reach at all. But that's totally changed now, hasn't it? I think it's getting a little better. Uh, I still do think it is difficult for an Australian set story with Australian characters to really hit hard and big in the States. It's always, it has been that way for a long time. A lot of our Australian authors uh, used to write historically or urban fantasy where you could be a little more broad with your settings and your characterizations. But if you're going particularly strongly Australian set stories with Australian voices, there's a resilience that we have in the voice, I think, and the characterizations that um, are uniquely Australian. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that because I've well, I've actually done a few interviews lately. We've got international authors coming out to Australia for a couple of months to to set their novels, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's fraught with danger. Yet we set our books. Who was it? it? Was Leanne Morgan in New Zealand? Set all her early stories in Montana because that's where the market was. I mean, she's only now just starting to write about hometown New Zealand. So it's interesting, isn't it, that once upon a time to be a success, we had to go over. We had to go and set our set our stories in America. I like this utopian owl here. I'm not talking about me personally. Uh, but com- coming home again is really good. And it brings me to another point. Um, Mark Dawson of the self-publishing uh, podcast actually released a podcast today and it was um, it was on collaboration. It was on this very, very title. And one of the things that he mentioned was that um, collaboration can be very enjoyable and profitable if done properly. Uh, did you guys ever fall short of the properly phase in, in the bringing all this together? Were you worried at any stage or are you just that confident in, in your fellow writers um, that, that you think it all went good? Well, all went well. I'm confident in Chule and I'm confident with all these people that I know really well. And it's going to be a lovely, lovely series and it's going to be hitting the spot for so many people. Yeah, which brings us to... We've got rid of the enjoyable, enjoyable everybody. Something we all want to know, profitable. 
I don't know I, yet. I, don't know. <laughs> I hope so. That would be yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. And and I think um and just to wrap up because these ladies have been fantastic sports and congratulations. We didn't talk over each other. I was the only one who butted in a couple of times there. But um I th- I think we've pulled it off, ladies. Um it's an amazing series. We've got two books out already. We've got um, Maggie's Run and The Bella's Secret. We've got Elsa Stand coming out as we speak, and she's waited so very very long you've been so very very patient Catherine and now it's your turn and then we've got poor old Fiona coming along at the rear oh, that's fine save the best till last I'm gonna sneak in a personal Four. question I'm gonna 11, one, 13, yeah 12 when, when is yours out by the way sorry 12th I think of what month someone yeah yep Catherine's nodding 12th yep yeah. of July, July. July. yeah Oh, everybody, I thought it was in August. So we don't have to wait very long at all. It's only a few days away. No, they're all rapid release. So oh. you, can, you can have one after the other. Okay, well, that, that works for me because the last question I'm going to ask you and then I'm going to um, wrap it up and let you guys have the last word, which which is the way it should be, but quite often it never is. Fiona, what's what's your next project? What are you working on now? You've had Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, which had Mother's is, Day. Yep which um, was really lovely. I really, really enjoyed that book. Um, I'm writing The Desert Midwife at the moment, which sounds very much like me, um, set in Uluru and out on the station out um, to the west of Uluru and um, you're very dry out there. <laughs> and, yeah, it's really great fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's due next week and then I'll really, really enjoy it. <laughs> and then she will retire everybody and sit on her beautiful farm overlooking kangaroos and the cow paddocks um, and and live happily ever after without another plot or another um, yeah. plan. Well, Do we believe My husband it? does not believe that. No, he does not believe that. No, none of us believe that, Fiona. I'm sorry, and we would all be very disappointed. Okay, I'm going to throw it over to you guys for the last, um, last little bit if you want to... Um, Tell us a little bit about, because I notice we haven't given away the storylines of any of your novels. Would you like to just take advantage of this last couple of minutes to to sell us on the four stories? So we'll start with um, Kelly, uh, then Victoria, Catherine and poor old Fiona. Oh, my girl Maggie um, is an orphan because we like orphans because it gives more page time to them. <laughs> she comes home, she inherits a, a heritage uh, sheep station and she has to decide whether to stay or go. And her guy, um, his name's Max, he's the, he's the boy next door. Uh, she knows him from childhood. They've never been an item so it's not really a reunion romance but it is a first chance reunion. I don't know, it's, a, it's, the, it's the first chance romance for them. And it's kind of sweet and I had a lovely time writing it. Yeah. And uh, the other ladies were very, very patient with me as it uh, came in, I'm sure. <laughs> or maybe they uh, felt that... Uh, um... Did you guys ever feel nervous that my story was not going to get there? Never. No. no, I always had faith. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Always. Wine on me, all on me. Yeah. I think there's a story there, everybody. I think there's something happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. Uh, but they're a very loyal bunch. They're all nodding their heads and going, no, no, that's okay. We trust you totally, Kelly. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, and don't forget, um, I want to read that one in particular um, for just to check out your design skills. I'd love to have an unlimited budget to to decorate a beautiful old homestead. I think that's one of the most romantic things in the world that anybody could do, especially if they had someone else doing all the work. 
Yes. Yep. Okay, Victoria. Well, my book um, picks up a year after Kelly's and um, um, the wedding venue is up and running and, and my character Isabella has been at Wirralong for a year, but um, she's left her past behind and her past behind includes a trip to Vegas, um, a wedding um, to an American winemaker conducted by an Elvis impersonator in Las Vegas um, and the day after she realises what a fool she's been and she jumps on a plane and disappears. So um, her husband appears back in, in Australia and finds her unexpectedly at his best friend's wedding. So um, this is a story about how the two of them want nothing more to do with each other until they realise the reason they got married is because they loved each other. So that was a lot, a lot of fun. And throughout I sprinkled a whole lot of different kinds of weddings. So I got to have not just their wedding but uh, but four or five others in a whole variety of, um, you know, circumstances with different couples. So that was a whole lot of fun too. Yeah, you actually, you put me to shame. I didn't talk about weddings. You can tell I'm a twice-diversed old hag, can't you? Um, <laughs> the romance of getting married, guys. Never, never stop believing in the fairy tale. Um, Catherine. Um. Elsa's stand is it's pretty much a kind of Romeo and Juliet story but without the death <laughs> we've got a happily ever after wedding in at the end um it's really between uh, Jack who's a who's a man of very few words he's um, an opal miner from Lightning Ridge who's formerly from Wirralong but he has to come home after his mother passes away and um and Elsa is the exact opposite to him she's she talks a lot. She knows everyone. She's this, she's faced with this strong, silent man, and she just, in, he's just enchanted by her. This wonderful, bright, sunshiny girl. Um, yeah. So that was an awful lot of fun. I, I just tried to think about who I could make for for a man. You know, this strong, silent man. A few words. Who I could um, flummox him the most with, and that was with the hairdresser who's related to everyone who knows everyone and can talk the leg, hind leg of a horse. You know, the marriage is not going to last, don't you? Oh, no, it will. <laughs> <laughs> They're gorgeous. <laughs> Made in heaven, that marriage. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Now, anybody, if you've ever been out to Outback Australia, we are infamous for our mines and our mining men. Our history was built on it, and they are by stereotype, the strong, silent type. They do exist. Uh, they are most often kind and generous and gentle souls and perfect for handsome heroes. I actually don't know how you're going to follow on, Fiona, from that one. Uh, not a problem, not a problem. <laughs> what we really need is a doctor, you know, or perhaps two doctors. <laughs> so I've got um, Ben Briley, which is actually really funny because um, Catherine had a character and, and his mum, his, his mother or grandmother actually was quite a quite a um cranky sort of lady and I had this I've got this thing with older ladies I love older ladies and I really wanted to redeem her so that was why she ended up being the grandmother um so we've got Ben who's an absolute beautiful guy who's just moved into town to run the surgery and then um his flame from high school who never really got the fact that she was his flame um moves back with twin boys from her sister so um it's 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 got a little bit of angst it's it's definitely a medical um and it's sweet it's a very sweet romance closed doors you know me no swearing no nothing <laughs> but yeah they love each other and it will be a beautiful beautiful marriage so yeah 
Yeah. Now, we can't resist everybody. Uh, I'm going to get off the computer and start buying away. Um, this podcast conversation came about very, very quickly from when I suggested it a couple of days ago to these guys all jumping on Zoom and doing it with me in in a matter of, um, I guess, a couple of days. So thank you, everybody, for being so very, very generous. And I'm going to put this one up. So, guys, we will be listening to this as... Uh, the final two in the Runaway Brides, it's not the Runaway Brides series, as the Brides series comes out. I'm so mucked up on my Brides, everybody. Outback Brides. Outback Brides. I've got it, Fiona, I've got it. I am in so much trouble. <laughs> the Outback Brides, I'm going to get a slap when we get off here. Um, that's what I get for having a panic and a wine, which is, which is not really true. But what I want to finish up with, and it's a final, final thing, uh, if you're not uh, enamoured yet with these stories, please remember that the advantages of collaboration are you are combining the storytelling technical expertise, ideas and the combining of author strengths um, to get the best series that you can. So just listening to these girls, you know that you're, you're talking to, I think, um, I, I won't say the cream of the crop because we've got some wonderful authors coming out at the moment as well and um, putting out some great books, but we've got some very experienced authors. For the rest of us coming along behind, I think um, having a go at some of these collaborative projects would not only be fun and exciting, um, but we'd learn an awful lot as well because I think that's one of the things, isn't it, that you learn from each other all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Yep, they're all nodding their heads. So that's it from another episode from Writer on the Road. You can find these ladies at their own personal websites. So just quickly, one, two, three, four, where can we find you all? Uh, com. Catherinehine.com. Kelly, kellyhunter.net. And victoriaperman.com. Okay, now I'll reference that in the podcast notes, everybody. Uh, please go out and buy uh, The Outback Brides. You will get a real taste of, of what we're about, what our women are about here in Australia, um, the, stre- the strength, the resilience, the intellect of our authors, um, and, of course, how handsome our men are um, because that's the most important thing of all, isn't it? We can't have a romance without a handsome hero. With a heart of gold. With a heart of gold. My <laughs> gosh, you can tell these stories are made up. And that's it from another episode of Life. <laughs>